Welcome to the Conscious Classroom Podcast, where we're exploring tools and perspectives that support educators and anyone who works with teens to create more conscious, supportive, and enriching learning environments. I'm your host, Amy Edelstein, and I'll be sharing transformative insights and easy-to-implement classroom supports that are all drawn from mindful awareness and systems thinking. The themes we'll discuss are designed to improve your own joy and fulfillment in your work and increase your impact on the world we share. Let's get on with this next episode. Hello, welcome to The Conscious Classroom. My name is Amy Edelstein. Today we're going to talk about finding your center, what it means to find your center, how we could lose our center, and how finding our own center as teachers in a classroom helps create a stable and calm and centering environment for the students we work with. It's a really important aspect of educating to be to know ourselves and to be centered and focused in our own strength, competence, trust, intuition, as well as all the learning and preparation that we've done to engage our students. Generally, when we feel a little overwhelmed or scattered, we blame it on our own lack of preparedness, we were tired, we fell asleep, we didn't adjust our lesson plan given what's happened during the week, we didn't pull extra entertainment education, videos, games, something to freshen up our students' experience in this very difficult online learning environment. And we blame it on a lack of preparation. But whether any of those elements of preparation may or may not have been true for that particular lesson, when we come in really anchored in our own depths of the love of learning, the love of teaching, our life experience, our education experience, that centeredness will enable us to overcome any lack of preparation we may perceive. Usually we're a little more harsh and a little more critical with ourselves than we need to be. We have plenty to move forward with when we trust ourselves, when we let go, when we establish ourselves in that center, our students respond on a gut level. They feel that we're prepared. They feel that we're knowledgeable. They feel that we have a lot to offer. And they feel that quality of our humanity that's attractive. And that makes whatever we're teaching attractive as well. Students really need calm, stability, as well as boundaries to thrive. You know, if we're scattered and we're loose and we're erratic with our boundaries and discipline and direction, then they flounder. It's like walking through quicksand or a marsh or like a waterway and, and not knowing whether you're going to put your foot on a solid rock or you're going to put your foot on a bit of mud and slip and sink. And 
when we have that very clear focus and anchor in ourselves, it allows us to express a kind of consistency in our own nature that students respond very well to. It's not a rigid discipline. It's not a rigid code of conduct that doesn't allow for changing in uncertain times. And, you know, we're, we're in those right now. But that anchor and centeredness gives students, uh, you know, it communicates to students what our boundaries are in a positive sense. And that enables them to trust their creativity and be easily pulled back if they get a little out of line. And it allows them to be more accommodating, both with themselves and with others. Because when our discipline is too rigid, because we're not, we're not anchored in ourselves, oftentimes kids start to get petty. This one, you know, they complain about each other. This one didn't do this. This one didn't do that. They're, they're petty with themselves. They're overly critical. What we want to do is free up their self-confidence, free up their sense of trust, free up their curiosity. And that comes from feeling like we are all anchored. We're not bobbing around on, like on the surface of the water and the wind without any kind of um, mooring to our home base. So when the atmosphere in our class is not what we want, when the kids are lackluster, when they have difficulty paying attention, when they are um, angry or petty. Before we look to how we're going to react to them or control them or, or point them in the right direction, first it's helpful to more deeply root in our own center. There are a lot of different ways to do that, but let's start with some mindfulness practice. So take your mindfulness posture, back tall, vertebrae stacked one on top of another, your head floating at the top of your neck. Put away your phone, put away your papers, Put away the things that you're multitasking with for these few minutes. Let yourself actually experience the groundedness and centeredness that comes from this practice. On your next few breaths, notice your body. Are your eyes tense and tight from watching the screen too long without a break? Do your eyelids feel heavy and dry? Is your neck stiff on one side or your back? Make any adjustments that you need to. Do some neck rolls. Do some seated twists. 
Ring out your spine. Roll out your neck. Take a deep inhalation, a real belly breath. Imagining that your lungs are like an old-fashioned wine cask, wider on the bottom. Take a deep breath in, filling from the bottom all the way up to the top. Pause at the end of your inhalation and allow the air to just expand, opening up your lungs. And then when you need, exhale, letting the air out from the top of your lungs all the way down to the bottom, pulling your stomach in at the end so you really exhale all of the air and then repeat at your own pace. Now just breathe naturally, allowing your attention to flow with the inhalation and the exhalation, letting your thoughts settle. And imagine dropping a pebble in a still forest pool. So clear you can watch the pebble float all the way down to the bottom and settle there. Watch it come to stillness. Watch the little ripples in the sand at the bottom of the pool settle again. Notice the stillness of the rock and the water around it settling, returning to stillness. Now you can pause this podcast for as long as you'd like, allowing the reflection on stillness to just draw you in.
And then when you're ready, begin to become aware of the surface of the pool, of the surroundings, of your own surroundings. And when you hear the bell, we can finish. The metaphor of the still forest pool is the metaphor of our classroom. So that's how we want our classroom to be, stillness even in the middle of intense activity and positive learning and commotion and sharing and discovery and community. When things get out of control and we take our own center, like that pebble dropped in the pond, at first the water has to move out of the way. There's little ripples and disturbance. And then the water settles, the classroom settles. And we can all kind of experience that field of stability together. Online teaching is very difficult. As I was thinking about talking about creating this kind of stability, I'm aware that when we're in the same room, our students will model us. And when we're watching our students all in their separate homes, many of them struggling to focus with younger siblings in the background, playing cartoons or video games, running around, eating, walking into the other room. It's very hard to share and transmit the kind of uh, commands for attention and stability that we do uh, non-verbally just in the classroom when we're together. Using active mindfulness exercises like the one we just did with language appropriate to whatever age you're teaching will help the students experience that centeredness even amidst the chaos. Invite them to put on headphones. Invite them to close their eyes. Invite them to sit on the floor if that's comfortable for them so that they remove themselves from the distraction around them and they can come into your world. They can start resonating with that stability. It may take more prods as their cameras are turned off or pointed at the ceiling or you're wondering if they're even there. And invite them to open up their cameras for five seconds to wave hello so you can see their beautiful face. Inviting them to do that invites them into relationship. And if you're finding the online learning increasingly difficult and you're feeling like you need to entertain more, Resist the temptation to feel like you are not doing enough. 
engage your students with simple questions. Asking them to share one rose, one thorn. Inviting all your students into a meditation so that they're all reading the rose and thorn in the chat or listening to the rose and thorn from each student and holding what they're learning in stillness so that they're still, they're attentive, they're listening, they're connecting. Invite each student by name to do that. When we call on them by name and invite them into the activity, we're creating that environment, we're organizing around that center. Rashid, think about Kayla's rose and thorn. John, read to yourself Naomi's rose and thorn. Sarah, notice Brittany's rose and thorn. Do they sound like yours? Can you relate? Let's all share this moment of hearing about each other's week. One rose, one thorn. Just silently to yourself. Think about each student as they share their rose and thorn. Just cycling through the class, calling them by name, inviting them in, creating a center of attention that's not just you commanding attention, but a center of attention that includes the whole group will help corral the energy in, will help pull the attention back. Centering is, is more than just a surface layer action. It does help us feel like we have more strength. And our mindfulness practice helps establish that strength. Maybe you're a walker, maybe you're a reader, maybe you're a journaler, maybe you're uh, playing with your dog or cat or pet. Those moments that create our center tap an energy in us, an attention, a quality of attention. We want to pay attention when we're doing those activities, feeling how our body lets go, feeling how our mind gets refreshed, feeling how a smile curls on our lips, feeling how our heart lightens. The trick is noticing awareness, mindfulness, being mindful, and being easy with ourselves. Letting the experience in, letting our own experience of attention create that feeling of groundedness and centeredness. We don't need to add a lot of extra attention 
But if you're finding yourself during this time frustrated or lonely or just empty because of that lack of social interaction, if you find yourself scrolling through Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or Snapchat or TikTok too many times a day, set yourself a little reminder that instead of scrolling through someone else's social media algorithm. You do some centering breaths. You cultivate your own intimacy with being, intimacy with resting, intimacy with that centeredness, that feeling of centeredness. So you get to know it. You get to, becomes familiar, becomes welcome. It's going to be far more renewing and rejuvenating and uplifting than passing those 3, 5, 12 minutes on social media. Over the next couple weeks, as students return from a Thanksgiving break and as they have those weeks before winter break, I encourage you to really use this time to see how actively your own reflection on centeredness can create a shared community, a shared sense of connection, a shared focus, and a shared kind of orderedness in your class. And when you're irritated or frustrated or you can't get participation, know that it's not you. It's these times. It's just hard for everyone. And create that feeling of room and acceptance through the mindfulness practice. You can use the guided hand meditation where you focus on your breath but you watch your hands flowing in and out with the inhalation and the exhalation. You can use the star breath where you you hold your hand in front of you and you trace the fingers inhaling as you trace up a finger, exhaling as you trace down. When you start practicing these small tools that help you pay attention with calm curiosity, that help you nurture and feel positively towards yourself, you will be verbally and non-verbally training your students how to find their own center in the midst of chaos. And during this time, perhaps more than anything, what they need is that sense of safety and stability. And you can really bring that into your classroom. So I wish you all health, and well-being. I hope that you can keep practicing as much as possible during this time in whatever way calls you. 
really value the pull for this kind of attentiveness and whether you use mindful breathing practice or any of the variations or you use your own form of gentle walking or painting or playing music whatever it is value that centeredness you're creating really let your whole system your emotional system your physical system your mental system Drink in that experience of feeling at home and grounded in your own self, in the present tense, in your life, so that you can help carry that into the classroom. No doubt online teaching, blended learning during coronavirus is really challenging. Rather than just trying to make it through, let's cultivate good habits during this time. Let's make this time one of renewed commitment to what life is really all about, which starts with taking care of ourselves and taking care of our students through that. Let's make this a time so that when we look back, we'll know that this was the time that we made great changes. I wish you all well. Stay in touch. Till next time. Thank you for listening to The Conscious Classroom. I'm your host, Amy Edelstein. Please check out the show notes on innerstrengthfoundation.net for links and more information. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with a friend and pass the love on. See you next time.